here to minister to you, and this is going to be a quickie. Amen? Tell your neighbor, get a room. Oh, yeah. I want you to open your Bibles, please. And, and when I heard uh, Joe saying, let's go to Matthew 6, that's where I'm going too. If that's all right. Are you teachable today? Uh, how many of you were raised in church? Welcome to rehab this morning. Amen. <laughs> this is rehab. Matthew, the sixth chapter, the fifth verse is where I want to start. Matthew 6, 5. Jesus said, and when you pray, you will not be like the hypocrites. Do you realize so many people in church pray hypocritical? What does it mean to pray hypocritical? Let the Bible define what hypocrisy in prayer is. They love to stand telling their needs in church. Oh, that smokes a cow right there. They love standing in the synagogue, somebody say church, and on the corners of streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Mark, do I pray hypocritically? Do you tell the plumber your car won't start? Do you tell the mechanic your, your toilet is backed up? Then why do you tell people your needs that have no authority to fix them? Because... Human fallenness is the desire for man's pity. A hypocritical prayer. How many people does it take for God to hear a prayer? Then how many times over the years have we said we've got thousands praying about this? Does it take God a thousand people to hear your prayer? Then where did we come up with that scabolum? Where did we? It's hypocrisy. Because the word says, if you know that God hears you, you know you have the petitions you desired of him. So why do I keep on telling people, keep praying for me? Well, I only come once a year, so maybe you'll get over it. <laughs> no, 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 we're going to learn something. What's this? But you, when you pray, go into your room. Somebody say, I'm going to get a room. Now, understand, I'm reading from the book of Matthew, the New Testament, the New Covenant, rather, does not start until Jesus raises from the dead. So this is still typology and shadowism. A room in the Old Testament. Can I break this down to a Virginia, Oklahoma translation? He said, when you pray to me, shut off the thoughts. A room is an avenue of thoughts. I want you to shut off the thoughts of pessimism. I want you to shut off the thoughts of negativism, 
ism, and I want you to talk to me. Shut the door. When you have come into the room, when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, now watch this. You sure you're teachable? I don't, I'm not here to offend anybody. But if you can be offended, you're religious. Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. Now, I came out of Pentecost and came into the word of faith. And I found out the word of faith. My God, I am a word of faith person, just like I'm Pentecostal. But word of faith taught me just keep speaking to it, keep speaking to it. But the word says that is heathenistic. Because you only speak to it till you believe what you say. Oh, this is going to be good. Somebody say, I'm getting a room. Because, see, some of you have been telling everybody your problems like a hypocrite. And others have been just, hey, keep speaking this with me like a heathen. But Jesus himself said, don't be like that. You get into a place called trust. So you choose this day who you're going to serve. Because self-serving is heathenistic. Selfishness is hypocritical. But godliness is trust. The highest form of worship a believer can give is trust in God. Christianity is not defined by a lack of body ink and piercings. Christianity is defined by trust. Do you realize long before, and people today wear a cross to let people know I'm a Christian. But years ago, before that ever came along, the sign of a Christian was people would carry a lamb on their shoulders. To let them know life is not about me. It's about somebody else. Hmm. Well, Mark, I've got a cross. Keep wearing it because you can't carry a lamb to work. You know, I'm, I'm just giving you some history here. Y'all's like, i got to get rid of my cross. No, the cross is a great thing. I'm just telling you Christianity is simply believing he paid the price so you trust him in all things. The Word says, cast your care upon the Lord. Amen? The only battle we have in life is not what we're going through. It's trusting God in what we're going through. Amen. And when you pray, don't use vain repetitions. Well, Mark, I'm supposed to speak to it. Yes, you are. But you speak to it after you've been in your trust room. You only... I know this is elementary, but you only pray until you hear from God. And once you hear from God, you speak to the mountain and leave it alone. If you pray after something, after God has spoken to you, it is proof you don't trust. 
So that kind of smokes it of, well, just keep holding me up. That's gone. Amen? Those days are gone. So, what's this? So, Jesus said, don't pray like the heathens. Don't pray like the hypocrites. But watch this. Therefore, do not be like them. Hmm. How many has ever heard, thou shalt not kill? Is that a commandment? Oh, come on, talk to me. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Is that a commandment? Here's another commandment. Don't be hypocritical or heathenistic. Don't say one thing and believe another. And don't be spreading what you're going through with people that can't fix it. I've got a relative. I love them. They call me quite often. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Well, you wouldn't tell me if you weren't. Well, you can't fix it. Well, I can pray. Well, what? Am I a bastard? God don't hear me? Now, it's time to grow up. If there is one thing lacking in the church environment, it is maturity. Amen. Eighth verse. Don't be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. How many's ever heard that? Now that's, a, well, two of you. I'll swap over to the Quran. But, no, I know you're thinking. I'm messing with you. But he said, I know what you need before you ask. So now, if we just read the translation, we're going to think, well, if he knows what I need before I ask, why would I even ask? This is where, Matthew 6, 8, many believers are frustrated aggravated, agitated, and rebelling against God is because they thought, well, if he knows what I need, why don't he just give it to me? Does he really need me to ask? But see, this is a translation. Somebody say before. The word before comes from the original language, the Greek language, the Aramaic. The word is pro. The word pro means superior to, above, and beyond. He said, I know what you need above what your flesh thinks you do. So don't be hypocritical. Don't be heathenistic. I know what you need but you're asking what you want. Now the Bible's making sense. James 4 says, you have not because you ask not. Well, Mark, I've been asking and I'm not getting. It's because when you ask, you're asking to satisfy your flesh instead of his spirit. Hmm. 97% of all sickness and disease is related to stress. Medically proven. Stress is proof you are not getting your way. Amen. Let me show you, and, and I'll give this to you so quick, your head will spin. I'll give Pastor TJ the notes, and they go a lot deeper than what I'm going to give you today, so don't miss the, the study they do after. Acts, the third chapter. 
Acts 3. Well, now now I don't even know if I'm supposed to pray. Yes, you're supposed to pray, but pray in the right room. Somebody say this with me. There are three rooms every day of my life. Now, yeah, about ten of you are. Say this with me. There are three rooms every day of my life. I can stress out. I can be offended. Or I can trust. I choose my destiny. See, we live in a, a society that does not want responsibility. And that culture has tried to come into the believers. But God has given us the option of trusting Him. And yours and my battle every day is to trust in the Lord with all our heart and not lean to our own understanding. Because when you look at a situation in the natural, you'll either be offended at God or you'll be stressed out. But if you look at it in the Spirit, you'll trust. Somebody say, that's my only battle. Acts the third chapter, let me read this quickly, the first verse. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, I wish we had more time together, this is so rich. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those. Now what was he asking? Alms. Because alms is what he thought he needed. But remember Matthew 6, 8. I know what you really need above what you're asking. That's where trust comes in. Tell somebody this is good. And asking alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive what he was asking. Now I'm retranslating that, but it's common sense. He was expecting to receive what he asked from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, here's Matthew 6, 8 defined. He said, this is the situation I have. I need silver and gold to make me happy. But the Father knows pro. He knows above what you think think you need, and I'm going to give you what you really need, so trust me. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Many people today in churches are frustrated because they're not getting what they're asking for when they're asking for it. But God says, I know your end from your beginning and your beginning from your end. I know everything about you. And if you'll trust me, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. It may not be the way you want it, 
when you want it, but God will not share his glory with our selfishness. He said, if you really trust me, then shut the door on offense and selfishness and just say, no matter what I go through, yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I won't fear any evil for you are with me. Your word and your spirit is what comforts me. People flood churches and coliseums to get a miracle when in fact you can have your own miracle on God's time on a daily basis. We have substituted trust, Pastor Tony, for a miracle. We have substituted trust for the laying on of hands. We have, is this okay? We have to mature to the place. How you doing? It's going to be all right. Well, how's your problem? I don't know. You have to ask God. I just shut the door on it. Somebody say, I'm shutting the door. So today, choose what room you're going to take your problem to. Offense anxiety, or trust. You choose the room and the outcome will be manifest. Hmm. All right, let's go back to John 11. Somebody say, he knows what I need. Oh, yeah. He does. John 11. First verse, now a certain man was sick. And the study of the scripture, when it says a certain man, it's not talking about one man. It is talking about mankind. A man in the scripture is the way you think. It is a mental disposition. The word spirit, pneuma. Okay? Now, a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, somebody say therefore. I never saw this dude, but I'm telling you. You know what therefore means? So since I did this, Since I did this, I expect you to do that. Therefore, they sent to Jesus. What they were saying was, Lord, since I've been good to you, I expect you to be good to me. How many people have done that? I've done that in my prayers. I'm not up here wearing a coat to hide my wings so you don't feel bad about yourself. I've done the same thing. We, we've all done it. Now, Lord, I've been faithful to church. God, I've tithed. I've sowed. I've done this. And that's what Mary and Martha's getting off on. Hey, my sister anointed your feet and wiped your feet with her hair. Now, I need something. Now, this is hitting somebody right between the eyes. Because we like to throw... I had a relative not long ago. I asked him, how you doing? Oh, God. That is not the right question to ask some people. They told me how things were bad, so bad, and at the end of their dissertation of how 
bad things were going, they said, I'm just ready to go home and be with the Lord. I said, because they're, they're family and I know them. I said, you sure take a lot of medicine for somebody that's wanting to die. Now, I understand. And, and their eyes started filling with water. I said, you quit it. I'm not going to suck up to your pity. Either you believe what you believe or you don't. But don't try to draw other people into your hypocrisy. Did I tell you I'm only here once a year? Amen. What's this? Let's keep going. And third verse, Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. <laughs> In other words, we've got a chip on the table, so the game's still open. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto, the death, unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, why was that verse even put in there? What he's saying is, just because I love you doesn't mean I'm going to work on your timing. God, this is going to get in us, TJ. You've got things going on in life, and if it's stressing you out or you're offended, it's not going to work out until you get a room called trust. You cannot manipulate the timing of God with your goodness. Yeah, let me keep reading. Let's skip down to the uh, 20th verse. So he shows up two days later. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, there you go. As soon as she heard, and young people, young guys, look at me. Don't marry a woman because she's built like a brick house. Because as the Commodore sang years ago, that brick house is going to need some siding one day. Okay? Martha, as soon as she heard, went to meet him. Now watch. Here we go. This is the message. Martha, don't marry. Young men, don't marry a project. Don't you marry somebody saying God's going to change them. Because if they aren't changed, you're not going to do it. Martha is a woman that before it was ever diagnosed, I believe she was ADHD. I really do. And they didn't have medication for it back then. She was just, I mean, the woman's like, she's, if, you, if you're a student of the Bible, you know this woman freaks out over everything. If, if, a, if a, a, something got out of her day planner schedule, it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? It's like, chill out, Martha. 
It's going to be okay. So Martha represents the anxious and the stressed. Now, Mary, the word says, was still sitting in the house. How can a believer know God is moving and coming and still set in the house? Do you know how many people, maybe even here today, you're here, but you're sitting in your problem offended because God didn't do what you asked him? There's only three rooms in life, stress, offense, and trust. Which one you live in determines your outcome. There are people today that, oh, I don't know why God didn't heal my mama. Get out of that house. Get out of that room. She was offended at Jesus. And Martha was stressed out. How do you know, Mark? Look, let's just keep on reading. I hope, that, is this helping you okay? Well, I just came here to shout and get some prayer. Well, I came here to help you grow up. Amen? So, so what's this? Uh, 21st verse. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, that's stress. If you, I told you what I've done for you all my life, and all I had was a simple... Re- <laughs> I'm a church boy, so I can do this well. All I had was a simple request. God, I don't know what I've done wrong. Where did I miss it? I've done everything I know how to do, and you didn't do what I asked you. He said, because if you trust me, I'm going to give you what you really need instead of what you're just asking, because you only ask according to selfish desires. Let me keep reading. Now Martha, as soon as she put on the 21st verse, Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, he'll give you. Mm. Let's go to this 32nd verse. Therefore, when Jesus, or 32nd verse, yeah. Then when Mary came where Jesus was, somebody say, finally. Do you know how long it takes to get over offense? Offense is the silent killer. I think I have a CD series out there on offense, the silent killer. There are many people offended and they don't even know it. And it's like cancer to their body. Hmm. Now you see why we received the offering first. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you'd have been there, my brother wouldn't have died. And therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, we call that prayer groups. Now, I'm being very straight with you. I am all for praying, but you do not pray to get your way. You pray to get God's will. Prayer can only wear you out when you're not getting what you want. 
And he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. How many's ever heard, don't grieve the Holy Spirit? What's it Three of you. My God, what are you teaching here, man? <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. You know what it means? I know you're listening. But to be grieved in the Holy Spirit, to grieve the Holy Spirit means to be anxious because he said don't be anxious or stressed for anything or to be offended. The only way a believer can grieve the Holy Spirit is to be stressed or to be offended at God. So why was he groaning in the Spirit? Because Prozac Martha is just freaking out anxious. And then there's Mary who wants to bring the pity of offense. Lord, you remember that oil? I wiped your feet with it and used my hair. I deserve something. And he groaned in his spirit. Don't ever bring your works up to God. Or you are denying the works of Christ. When I say don't bring your works up, that means don't be going to him saying, God, I just really screwed up years ago. He said, I don't even hear you. And don't bring up your good works either. Hmm. All right, let me keep reading. Boy, it's quiet. I thought y'all be shouting. Yeah, 33rd verse, then when Jesus saw her weeping and, and uh, who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit. Watch this, 34th verse. And he said, where have you laid him? That's it. He knows what you need beyond what you're asking. And he only groans when you have to ask what you're asking to trust him. Where have you laid him? Now, is God omniscient? He knows everything, doesn't he? He knows the hair of your head. He knows everything. Was Jesus God? Then did he really need to know where they laid him? No. So why did he, it's a rhetorical question, so why did he even ask him, where, where have you laid him? Because he can't heal what you refuse to reveal. There are people sitting in this church today that down deep inside, you still have that question, God, why didn't you do this when I wanted it? Why didn't you do this when I asked it? He can't heal it till you reveal it. What have you taken offense with with God? Because we all have. We all have things we could say, God, now you know, I was obedient here. I was obedient there. And I'm believing you're going to do this. God says, you're grieving me. Because I'm not good because of you. I'm good in spite of you. 
See, that's grace. Obedience is not something you use to get God's favor. Obedience is a reflection of you understanding grace. Amen? And so, I know what you need before you even ask. But you're asking selfishly. I need this to make me happy. But God says, you know what? You're wondering why manifestation of healing don't come right now. Chill out. Because there's somebody out there going through the same thing you are that doesn't even know about me. See, I was raised in Pentecost where you weren't filled with the Spirit until you talked in tongues. But some of the biggest hell raisers I ever knew talked in tongues. Hello. See, I am a firm believer in a prayer language and speaking with tongues. But the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is you can communicate to every man in their own language. Use your prayer language every day, but you know you're filled with the Spirit when you can talk to somebody who's going through what you are and communicate with them so they can see Christ in you. I know what you have need of beyond what you're asking. If you're here today, And this isn't something I'm going to have you raise your hand for. I wouldn't do that. I've been in church. You know, I was raised in the society, if you have any sin, you need to come confess them. And I'm sitting there as a preacher's kid in church, listening to people thinking, I don't think I'd be telling that. (laughs) I think I'd just let that one go. That's not what I'm asking for. What I'm saying is, if you have let what you're going through stress you, Get a different room. If you're going through something that deep down you say, I still don't know why God doesn't do it. As long as you ask why, offense is knocking on your door. At that point, you just say, Father, if I can trust you for my salvation... I can trust you with my healing. I can trust you with my kids, my grandkids, my income. Father, I can trust you with everything. Jesus said, when you pray, go into that room and shut the door. Don't be hypocritical. If you're going through something, you pray about it until God speaks to you. And that's it. You don't need TBN and Daystar praying for you. God doesn't hear them more than you. And I'm being very frank with you because I'm out of time. Thank God for these television networks. But if Jesus died for anyone, he died for you. So don't you think he hears you? But he said, if you'll trust me, 
I'll give you what you need beyond what you think you do. And it will be exactly what you wanted when it's all over. How many's got some rooms to change? Show me your hands. Yeah. We all do. And hear me, church, this is a daily battle. We're all going to go through things. You never reach a place in life that you say, well, I don't have any problems. Well, you're dead. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you're you're going to go through stuff. That's just the way it works. Say this out loud with me. Today, I will trust in the Lord. And that is my battle every day. Now you see why you need a prayer language, speaking with other tongues. Because when you hear Martha saying, stress out, what are you doing? I'm shutting the door on Martha. Or when you hear Mary's voice saying, but I did this for you. What are you doing? I'm shutting the door. Father, in you will I trust. And he will supply. Look at me. He will supply all your need. Every time. Did you get something today? I hope you did. And, and I, I, I just, I know, I know, I know what I teach makes you think. I'm not a pastor, so I can't teach this in a four-week series. So I have to just dump on you. And again, if, if you got offended, it's because you need pity. And, and I don't give pity, but I give agreement. Amen? I give agreement. God knows what you're going through. And He knows what you need beyond pro to what you're asking.